listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Can we give it up for the Lord tonight? That beautiful name, the name of Jesus is who we're singing to, and he actually promises us his presence with us in Christ. Isn't that cool? As a believer in Jesus Christ, he promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. So how much more would a bunch of people who believe in Jesus, Christians, come together and worship? How much more sure and true can we be that he's present with us? Amen? Amen? Awesome. Um, Hey, again, haven't got to preach for like two months. I may be out of control. I'm just warning you tonight. I may hold it together, but if things start getting weird, you know, you've been warned, okay? Um, I'm supposed to be about 10, 15 minutes on my part, and then we pray. Y'all can start a timer. Y'all can start waving and be like, bro, cut it off. Stop, like you promised, all right? So you know what's supposed to happen. Let's see what actually happens, all right? And so one of the things that I like to uh, kind of see that happens around the new year, and you're familiar with that. Like, like raise your hand if you're, uh, no shame, I'm gonna raise my hand with you. If you're kind of like into the whole idea of like resolutions for the new year or like goals, or like, man, not a lot of ambitious people in this room. Man, I got, a, I got another metaphor that I can use for non-ambitious groups. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, hey, I, I think some of you just are embarrassed to say it. Uh, but I am like a uh, very driven, like kind of type A personality. So I do have goals and I like watching and seeing people uh, post about their goals. Some of them are their resolution is just not to be on social media. So it's just like a black screen and the caption is like, peace out till 2022 or something like that, which that's cool. Um, but I, I'm like a goal setter. Not only do I want to say I'm not gonna do something, I wanna be like, what do I accomplish by not doing that thing? So I'm not gonna eat as much Chick-fil-A so that I don't gain another 10 pounds this year, right? Like that's, a, that's a good call. Uh, for some of you, maybe don't go to the sub for every meal. You know, that, that may be, if that's kind of what you're aiming for. But um, I do notice something that, there's a difference um, between those who uh, are able to accomplish those goals or keep that resolution and those that aren't. And I th- think really what's underneath those goals and resolutions is what you're saying is I want this year to be successful. Even if you're not a resolution person, you've made goals. You've said, and I think deep within our desire, because we're created in God's image, we want to have a good life, right? Like, is that, is that fair to say? Like, you want to live a, a good life. I'm not talking about success according to the world's terms, but most everybody would say, I, I want to, in whatever space I'm living, I want to do well in this thing. And so one of the things that kind of breaks down is like, did you find out that secret to that success? Did you find out what you needed to do in order to accomplish that goal? So here's a negative example. I went into my senior year of football saying we're gonna be great and we're gonna be awesome. By the end of that year, we went one and nine, okay? So something broke down in there. I did not do, our team did not do what was necessary to accomplish our goals. The only team we beat was a team, was Breckenridge. Anyone know where Breckenridge is? Yeah, okay. Yeah, poor Breckenridge, like they lost to the worst team in like the region, which was our team. Anyway, so there, there's other examples I can think of though where I, I was successful. I can think of like fitness goals I may have had and I did what was necessary uh, to reach those. Uh, one thing recently that kind of happened, um, I had a few uh, guys, journey guys that randomly showed up to my house uh, and it was great. It was uninvited, I didn't know they were coming. Just raise your hand if that's you. 
It's like Dooley, Stephen, yeah, Hunter, and Ethan, I think. Where's Hunter at? He's in the back, that's right. And so, but when they showed up, little did they know that I had just gotten done with a workout in my garage gym, because that's just what adults do now is we have garage gyms. Uh, That's just what you do when you get old. And so I just finished, literally had dropped off the pull-off bar, was sweating, like I'm done, and I heard the doorbell ring, okay? Now, I'm gonna have to go backwards even further. How many of you guys know what a pull-up is, right? So started about a year ago, like when I, when I came here, I was like, I, w- I wanna kind of focus on fitness this year, could maybe do two pull-ups. Like it was, it was bad. And I, had used to, I used to be in a lot better shape. And so I'm not that guy that's like, yeah, back in the day. I really was, I promise. Um, and so what I decided in, for 2020, is like, I wanna be able to do something called a kipping pull-up. If you know what that is, that's awesome. But it's kind of this thing where you're kind of swinging on the bar, you pull up, you push back out. You're sw- anyway, so... I failed literally for the whole year of 2020. I was never able to do a kipping pull-up. But here's where the success came. What I did a couple weeks ago is I said, you know what, I'm gonna get a resistance band because I don't want my arms to have to pull up all of this guy. I want a little bit of help, you know what I mean? And so got a little bit of help, worked on that resistance band, got the strength part down, did lots of reps. Last Friday, when these hooligans showed up, I had just literally for the first time ever done a kipping pull-up. All right. And so here's the thing. I'm all into everything that I do. And so I just kept going. I didn't stop. I literally just kept doing it. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like Caitlin's probably like, what is he doing? She's used to me yelling crazy. She was like, it's just cold. But anyway, I was so excited. And by the time I was done, I looked down and my hand is bleeding. Like I like rubbed a blister on my hand. So these guys ring the doorbell. I come outside. I'm like, what's up, guys? My hand's like bleeding. I'm like breathing hard. And I just look like a mess. And you could tell they're like, I'm never going to work out with Cole. Like I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but it was bad. So anyway, where am I going with this one? I tell you that. Obviously in that, I had to make some adjustments and I found out, hey, that was the key to, to being successful in one little thing, right? I was able to do that. I set things in place. This is not a self-help talk, and so you didn't need to take notes for any of that. Uh, but I will tell you, revolutionary wisdom I want to impart with you. How many of you want to make good grades this semester? Did you know, y'all better write this down though. <laughs> if you actually read what the professor tells you to read and take notes and then study what you read, that's the, that's the secret. Have you ever heard of that before? Isn't that awesome? So you're welcome. That's free. If you're first time here, weekly just wisdom bestowed upon you from this guy. No, I'm just joking. But isn't that for like we, some things we know, okay, this is what I should be doing. Let me, let me derail all this, the, the dumb story that was, that was all true, unfortunately, for me. Um, you know what area, thank goodness, as your college pastor, that I think about success way more than a, a kipping pull-up. You know, I, God's, I'm not gonna get to heaven, and God's like, bro, that kipping pull-up, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's not. You know what I think about more? I think about how, how can the journey be successful? And I'm not talking about numerically, although a lot of times that goes hand in hand. I'm talking about in the eyes of God, how can we be successful? How can we know that we're being faithful and obedient, that we're becoming better before bigger, that we're reaching the unreached, that we're making disciples, that we're loving each other, caring for each other, 
keeping each other accountable like in our ministry, how can we know that we're being successful? And so many times I think, man, what is, what's that secret? Like what, what is it that we can do next or whatever? And in thinking about that question, I was remembering an old story that I'd heard about a pastor named Charles Spurgeon. You know who Charles Spurgeon is? I love it when that happens. Sometimes when I step, it doesn't. Not tonight. Um, anyway, so Charles Spurgeon, really famous, well-known, um, kind of the prince of Baptist preachers, you could say, um, in, in London. And so this is like, like a long time ago, looking like 18, 1800s-ish, somewhere in that. And so anyway, when Charles Spurgeon started preaching in London, he was 19 years old, guys, 19 years old. Like, could you, you imagine that? Like, one of your first years, like, preaching in London. And get this, the church grew very quickly to where they had about 10,000 people weekly in, in London. They had to move spaces. They were in this kind of cathedral-type thing. They had to move to a massive music hall. It was so jam-packed. There was one day where someone, as a joke, decided at one of the gatherings to yell, fire! And literally, like, it was so packed and crowded as people started running to try to get out. Like, literally, like, people were injured and, like, hurt trying to get out of there. So don't do that if any of you are thinking about doing that here, all right? Um, so this dude has all this awesome success. Early in his ministry, he's 19 years old, he's preaching, um, 10,000 people coming weekly. Over the course of his ministry, tens of thousands of people converting. Okay, not just like people that were already Christians, but like people converting, like believing in, in, in Jesus for the first time. He was so successful. What he did in London was unprecedented. He was like, everyone was talking about Charles Spurgeon. People would come to his church. Like, just think about this, how like people would come to his church just to ask him, and find out what is, what is the secret? Like, what is he doing? Is, there, is he a magician with his preaching? Like, what's happening? Because it seemed every time he preached, something big happened, something amazing happened. Like, could you imagine if someone came up to, like, Pastor David on Sunday and was like, what's your secret? And he's like, I don't know, I just preach the word, right? And so that's what they were doing with Charles Spurgeon. And legend has it that every now and then, when people would ask that, he would say, I'll show you, come here. He'd walk them over. And they enter a stairwell and they go down the stairs and, and they would go into this room. It's called a boiler room. Kind of, y'all know where a boiler room is? Kind of historically, okay. Um, and he'd open the door to the boiler room and he'd say, that's the secret. And inside those people would see hundreds of church members that were directly underneath the sanctuary praying and pleading with God to move during all of the preaching, during the entire worship service, every single week, hundreds of people that were just praying earnestly. And, and what, what became kind of historically known is there was a point maybe where they weren't doing that, and then they started doing that, and that's when they started to see this explosion of not just numerical growth, of, of just God moving through the city of London, which if you know history has not historically been a, a very light-filled place. So Spurgeon opens that door. He doesn't take credit. He says, me and all these people, we pray and we plead with God to move. And he's moved. They would meet in what's called the boiler room. So back to the question, right? What, what can we do in the, in the journey to be successful? I'm sure there's a lot of answers that we could kind of come up with that would be good, solid, and biblical. But the principle that I want to sit on and learn from it 
is, is I think that we're, we're people of prayer. And I'm not talking about, we have a prayer team, five to 10 people or so, sometimes more than that. I'm not talking about just a team. I'm saying the larger group of the journey ministry, like you are praying fervently for God to move in your life and the lives of others. Are you tracking with me? Ready with me? It's kind of, a, I'm not been used to preaching, like the lights are like, and I can't see you very well. Anyway, um, so what I want us to do tonight is I want us to turn the venue into a boiler room. Not the physical boilers. What I mean by that is in a metaphorical sense, I want the heat and the fire of passion for God's glory to ignite in this place. And we yield our prayers to him. We yield our hearts and lives to him and say to God, God, we want you to move in ways that only you can do this semester. Amen? With that, awesome. And so... I want to model with you something that we're going to do tonight, a, a structure, a way that we're going to pray. And, I'll, and to do that, I need you to turn to Psalm 19, okay? I'll turn to Psalm 19. As you're turning there, I want to explain what we're doing tonight uh, by just showing you a simple resource. It's been, it's at the back right now, um, over there, and we don't have it at the back for our journey merch, but you can always uh, check out this resource at that back table back there. This is called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. And what he teaches us to do in this is he teaches us how to literally pray the words of Scripture. Raise your hand, and if you don't, you're lying. If you've ever been like, I don't know what to pray. I'm out of words to pray. Like, you're just sitting there like, I don't know what to pray, right? I know, like, everyone has been there at that moment like, I just don't know what to say, or don't, I don't know how to pray. So what he does is he models for us that we can, how we can use literally God's words he spoke to us to pray back to him. Pretty cool, right? Everybody on Psalm 19, we there? One of the specific ways that he teaches us how to pray is by praying the Psalms. The Psalms had different roles. Some, some collections of Psalms that we have were specifically in worship or for seasons and festivals. Sometimes as they were ascending uh, to, to, to worship, whatever it may be, like the, the Ascension Psalms. Uh, but a lot of times we can read the Psalms as a prayer to God. Psalm 19 is, is of David. And the reason we're doing Psalm 19 today is we're also, I want to teach you a way, a method that you can pray um, today is January 19th, and so we're going to read Psalm 19. And tomorrow you read Psalm 20. And guess what? If you don't get something out of that psalm, or just, like, you don't feel the Holy Spirit kind of helping you and leading you in that, add 30 to that. So read, I did this earlier, that would be 49, right? If not Psalm 49 today, read Psalm 79. If not then, 109. You get the point? And you just keep reading until you feel like in Psalm 139, that'd be an awesome like psalm for this. It's a great, awesome psalm. We're gonna be in that next week, actually. So there you go. Um, so that's why we're in Psalm 19, and I wanna kind of model for you a way of praying. And so some of you came, maybe your first time, it's been a while. I really do mean this is supposed to be a time of prayer and worship and teaching that. You have no idea how bad I would rather just um, and selfishly, just preach a sermon, let's keep things simple, do a structure everyone knows. But I think for the better of us, I want us to, to learn a little bit more how to pray. Does that make sense? You're tracking with me? I see I, I see nods. Good. So I'm, by reading Psalm 119, not rehearsed, 
I'm just going to read this. And if, if I get to a spot where I feel, man, that, that really struck me, I'm going to pray that for us and allow um, just God to kind of lead that. Not going to pray anything crazy, unorthodox. This isn't that thing where you just, hey, say how you feel. That's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying there may be a verse that God brings or illuminates to us while I'm reading. I may just stop and pray that for us. Y'all good? Makes sense? All right. So let's just jump into Psalm 19. This, the title of it is The Law of the Lord is Perfect. It's to the choir master, a Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. So I'm going to pray verse 2. It stuck out to me. Is it, Lord, I... I see in your word that says day to day pours out speech. I think I can speak for everyone in this room. Father, there have been some dark days in the past year, past month. And it's hard to really believe that even the days that you've created could, could somehow point to you, but yet they have. And so, God, I ask that you help us see that as we see days that are filled with a lot of heavy things in our lives, that we would believe this psalm that, that you've You've, out of the goodness of your glory and your grace, you've, you've created the whole world and, and us. And actually, each and every single day as the sun rises and, and sets, as we see the stars and the magnitude of your creation, every single day is pointing back to you. And I, I just ask you to help us believe that during this time. Amen. Let's kind of pick up at verse 3. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God, I think very often I do not open your word and believe that it is going to revive my soul. I think it's going to sometimes bring boredom to my soul. I come to you in an in obligatory way, not, not excited. God, I confess that I do believe Psalm 19. I, I think a lot of people in this room do that. Your word, your scriptures are perfect. That you're trustworthy, that what you have spoken and said will happen has happened. And so God, I ask it for those in this room, standing in the back, I saw some passionate engaged in worship and some so incredibly dispassionate and they don't believe your word revives. They don't believe that in you is fullness of joy. And so help us in our unbelief. We can't even muster up faith as that you created, created in us a, a wonderful, amazing, robust faith that, that you Talk about secrets to success. You're the secret to all of life, and you've revealed yourself clearly. It's not a mystery. 
God also says your word makes wise the simple. Makes wise those who are unwise, unwise those who are foolish. God, we have a lot of fools on the internet posting things on Instagram that are filled from every angle with hate and malice and division. And God, I fear for the souls of those who have fallen to Christian nationalism, who worship country and not you, who are not proud of where they are merely and and grateful to be here, but God, who who worship the the state of our country so much that it's very obvious they bow down to Caesar. Caesar is their Lord and not you. We have a lot of people saying things that are unwise, and so I ask God, inform us with your word. I ask God that, man, I'm just going to pray for what I'm responsible for, that us in this ministry and the journey, that we would be people who would speak wise words, not foolish words, who would allow your word to inform, transform, and conform all of the ideologies and ways we think about life, the way we think about you, the way we think about our role in this world, conform those, transform, inform all according to your wisdom. Because God, we're in desperate need. And if there's a couple of themes I've walked away with, Lord, I've learned in 2020 and even in the first couple of days of this year, I don't know much at all apart from you. That I need your wisdom, I need your help. And so God, in your, in your kindness, reveal to us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't rehearse that, I promise. So what, <laughs> what I'm doing with Psalm 19, you're like, man, that really got intense. What I'm doing with Psalm 19 is I'm literally using words of Scripture to, to pray, okay? There is a filter. I'm not really worried about any of you in this room uh, praying some absolutely crazy. There's some ideologies out there that just... They will use words of scripture to say things that don't mean that contextually. And so this is not a time when you're about to pray together where you're speaking something over someone's life because you just got a feeling in your gut that was probably bad Mexican food last night, okay? This is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is we're using the words of scripture to pray and worship God and to hold him and plead with him for various things. And so what I'm gonna have on the screen here in just a minute, if we can go ahead and put up that first prayer, give you kind of an example. I mean, just stand over here so you can see. Oh, it's, it's spread out. You, you can't see if I'm in your way, sorry. Anyway, so prayer one is that we're, do we have the scripture references up there too? Are those on the slides? Good deal. Okay, so we can go back to the first slide. So what I'm gonna show you guys um, a general prayer or is, is pray the journey be used by God to reach those who don't know the gospel, that God would be gracious to draw students to himself, that we'd see many come and know Jesus in 2021 and pray for UPGs around the world who have yet to hear the name of Jesus. A UPG, by the way, is a what? You remember that, what that is? Music to my ears. That's awesome. Glad you know what a UPG is. You know, like almost no one knew. That, that's so cool. That like fires me up. Unreached people grow, people that don't have any access to the gospel are praying for them. Now, on this next slide, if you want to go where the scriptures are, this is kind of, I think you get the idea of what I'm saying to pray for. 
This can be a launching pad for you. Just scriptures that I want to give you to help you and inform how to pray. Can I just get like a nod like you're tracking with me? Cool. And so as you're grouped up, I don't believe, uh, I did not ask our Connect Group leaders to be there because they have not started tonight. They start next week. Um, I don't think that we have um, enough to be able to do it in that way, splitting in Connect Groups. And so what I want you guys to do is you could just split up and aim for manageable groups of, you know, anywhere in like the, the four to six, seven, eight areas, so four to eight if you can. Let's try not to do bigger than 10 just so you can kind of manage. I'm gonna give you all just a f- few moments to do that. It'd be awesome if y'all could do it in about a minute and kind of group up and then we're gonna go from there and, and praying together through the scriptures. Y'all good? All right, one, two, three. Okay, looks like we have everybody grouped up. That was like awesome, super efficient, speedy group. That's great. Hey, so as you're in your groups, um, you have these scriptures. Generally, hey, we're just, we're praying for the lost to be saved. and God would use the journeys to do that. And so this is where you get to take your prayers, have the Lord kind of leads you in your group. And I'm gonna give you about five to seven minutes or so for this section of prayer. So what's cool? You guys think of a better scripture verse to, uh, scripture verse, a better, better Bible verse to pray from? Or you guys just wanna pray something that's maybe not directly from that, but it's true and it's wholesome and good? Y'all go for it, Okay. This makes sense to everybody. Literally, total freedom to ask a question right now. You won't feel dumb. I don't think we've ever prayed like this before. You're like, I don't want to be the one guy. What's up? Is that is it, Brennan? Okay. Good. So we can't do both at the same time. And so, if guys, if you can kind of toggle that a little bit, like every 30 seconds or so, that'd be helpful. Those are kind of helpful prayer points. The scripture is like kind of giving you a launching pad for how to pray for those. Does that make sense? Okay. That was a good question. Anybody else? No bad question. I'm gonna stop talking now. Let, let, let Jesus talk to you. Okay, go. <laughs> Lord, we ask that, um, as I've seen so many people passionately pray, God, 
um, that's what we're praying for to this end. That's, um, we know that people need to be sent so that they, they, they can preach, that others can hear. So we ask that um, we would see ourselves as sent out from here. Some of us are, are introverts um, and have a few good people that we're close to. And I ask that you would just help intentionally create good situations and scenarios where they can um, be the love of Jesus and share the love of Jesus with those. And some of us are extremely social and talking to everyone else, and we just use those opportunities to do that. And a lot of us are somewhere in between. So I'm just praying that our ministry would continue to be more one um, that is passionate, not only about the love and grace we've been given, but wanting to bring others in to the love that we've been given. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I tell you something I've observed as I kind of looked around, and I wish I would have said it before? For some of you, um, man, and that's fine. I'm not asking for a raise of hands. But some of you, you don't pray a lot at all. And, and then it's like to be in a group, and there's this expectation to pray out loud like, dude, Cole, I hate you, man. What are you doing to me? You know, and so I get that. So what I'm going to say to you, if that is such a thing where it feels so uncomfortable, you know what you can do? Pray silently to yourself, even while someone else is praying. It doesn't mean you don't care about what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't want you to feel like just because you are like, I, I don't even pray a lot. We're, you're talking about praying scripture. This is something totally new. If that's you, pray. Just pray to yourself. I don't want you to feel like because you can't pray out loud that you can't be a part of this. Yeah, that makes sense? Awesome. Can we go to this next slide? Oh, you already got it. This is more... Um, around praying for our connect groups and the community that we've had. Y'all know we've talked about one of our main values of being relational. Relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. And so we really mean that. We can't just say it, right? And it happens. We're relational. Boom. Look at that. Sure, we are. No, it's something we have to work for. Brandon Hayes says something really good in his sermon. He says that, that so many, um, and I'm going to speak, so many college students are like, a good thing I've got, to, I've got to find community. And we're going to church hop until we find that special community for us. But you know what reality is? And I can tell you, you don't find community. You build community. You flourish where you're planted. And so um, I'm just going to inform you that there. I don't, when we say we're relational, when we say we're going to pray for authentic community, I don't have fairy dust that I sprinkle and make us automatically relational. That would be really cool. Kind of weird, but still cool if I did. And so we're praying for that because more and more and more in the technological age, we're getting bad at communication. We're getting bad at in-person community. But guess what? That is a, a top three kind of thing that we're wired and created for. Worship of God, fellowship with others. You know what I'm saying? I'll track it with that. So that's what we're praying for to that end. Here are some helpful scriptures, Acts 2.42 and Hebrews 10. We're going to toggle them again back and forth. Um, but guys, I, yeah, from the bottom of our heart, community means a lot to us. So we're praying for it. We, we can't just create it ex nihilo. It has to be built. It's something that happens over time. And so I'm even praying for some of you who may be newer to the journey that God would help you uh, see that and maybe this ideal you have of what community looks like, I hope it's starting to form here, but I hope that you'll be with us for the long haul and build that together. Amen? Y'all with us? All right, three, two, one, go.
Seth, appreciate it, man. Hey, I think I can speak for the majority of people in this room that by God's grace, many of you didn't even know what the, the journey was with maybe a year ago, two, three years ago, whatever. And a lot of you have found this, this place is your home. You found community here. And I want you to think about maybe what it felt like before you had that, or maybe what it would have felt like if you didn't. And right now, I bet you know you have a lot of friends. Maybe they're kind of coming with you at the beginning. Maybe they checked out some other places, but you know they haven't reached, they haven't really connected. Hey, can I just encourage you something, challenge you? Um, would you consider just reaching out to them as we start back and just saying, hey, will you come with me to this Tuesday night or, or this Sunday? Because I think you know what it's like, a lot of you know what it's like to finally have that community and brothers and sisters that, that love you and care for you. And so I want us to do that for others, all right? Let's move on to this next slide. We have um, two more uh, prayers that we're gonna look at. So the, the third one, um, a lot of you know we've kind of pumped out a lot about our um, discipleship. You can still sign up as of midnight tonight. We're gonna talk about that later. But... Um, the Great Commission is about making disciples. Like Jesus like said, this is one thing before he's ascended, is like, hey, make disciples of all nations. So we know it's pretty important, pretty important verb that applies to us, a command. And so we're praying kind of according to these things that, that we would not just be a come and sit ministry, but those who are engaged in the Great Commission that are finding the greatest pleasure in Jesus, yes, but also their purpose, that what you want to do with your life is revolving around saying, hey, I want to see disciples made, whatever you're doing. And here are the scriptures that you can use for that. 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 2, y'all can turn to that. Use that um, to pray from, or Luke 9, 23 to 24. All right? Any questions as of right now for clarification? Are you guys good? All right. Thanks, Channing. And by the way, we are no, under no assumption that our discipleship program has the monopoly on discipleship, right? Like we know that you can be discipled in other ways. And so um, when we're praying about that, talking about that, um, I do not, if you decide not to go that route, I do not look at you and be like, well, they're just not interested in the Great Commission. That's not how I see it. But it is an opportunity. It's very intentional uh, time of commitment to be able to focus on that. That makes sense? Hey, this uh, next series of slides, um, prayer for it, praying for um, really the church, like the global church, every single Christian all around the world, um, and then also the context of us and in, in the in the journey that we would be a light of Christ amidst a polarizing the polarizing division that exists um, in our nation, and ask God to bring about a strong spirit of unity in the body. It's really important among those who disagree um, politically, being united under the supremacy of Jesus rather than a political candidate or ideology. Let's not yell and raise our hands to, this, to the song that, that, oh, the beautiful name of Jesus, there is no rival, there is no equal, Let's not sing those words. I don't know why I'm holding the mic up. I have this mic. Let's not sing those words 
and then bow down to a rival of Jesus. Does that make sense? And so why this prayer is so important and, and timely and has been timely for, very, very obviously timely for at least a year now, what we're going to be diving into this semester in a series called Who Am I? Starting next week, an introduction to the series, Who Am I? The Image of God or Imago Dei. I believe what you've needed, what we've all needed for a few months and what I've waited to do until now because it matters at any time is an intense, intentional look at Scripture, God's Word, not man's words, not opinions, about how we're supposed to be viewing a lot of the topics of controversy that have been all around us. This is what Christians do. There's something that happened at the Protestant Reformation of which we're, we're very much indebted to, a concept called always reforming. And what that meant was that we're always reforming what we believe, if necessary, according to God's word. It means that we can very easily believe things that are not true. I had a friend that once believed that Jesus was only human. Obviously, God's word confronts that belief. It says that he's fully God and fully man. And so I want you to be prayerful about this because I, I'm, I'm actually excited about this. I don't want you to feel scared and uninformed about how, as a Christian, you're supposed to talk about the host of issues that have surrounded our day, of which the light of the church has been, unfortunately, dim. I want it to shine bright. And so that's what that series is going to be about, starting from the core of Genesis 1 and 2 of who we are, created in the image of God. And so as you pray these things, know hey, that's where we're going, and I'm hoping that you feel equipped and encouraged in this area. All right, last set of prayers, and then we'll close for the night, and the band will come up. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.